0: This programme was first broadcast on Otago Access Radio and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.
1: Well, a 2016 nationwide survey of New Zealand vegans turned up an unexpected surprise. Among other interesting results in the summary, it was found that Otago has the highest number of vegans per capita, with three to four times as many per capita as in other regions. Here to talk about this and other aspects of being vegan is 2016 uh, Otipote Dunedin Vegan Society representative, Carl Scott. Thanks for joining us uh, on the show today, Carl. Good to have you here again. Thanks, Jeff.
0: Tell us about the survey, when was it carried out uh, and by who? Uh, It was carried out earlier this year, Um, a guy up in Auckland, a friend of mine actually, his name's Michael Hitchcock, Um, he did a similar survey two or three years ago and he wanted to follow up to see if anything had changed, what was different and a few things had emerged. Um, Veganism as a whole is growing, becoming more popular um, a few new things coming out of the new survey, like who is becoming vegan. Uh, it's a lot of young people that are that are becoming vegan. A few other things. Um, gender split. There's a lot more women becoming vegan than men. But, uh, yeah, it was really interesting to see that Otago thing. Nobody expected it. It yeah, just sort of popped out. I mean, you probably would have been <coughs> thinking about that since. Anything that you can think
1: of that would point us towards some reasons why why that um that gap would be so
0: significant? That's right. Three to four times more is really significant, and that, that that's surprised us. Um, so I've talked to Michael about it since, and, and we've talked among ourselves. We think probably the main reason is it's it tends to be, certainly new vegans are often younger people in the perhaps late teens to early 20s age group. And of course, our student population, the university and the polytech, um, Dunedin, Certainly during term time, we have a lot of young people here. So we think that's probably the main reason, but there's a couple of other reasons too. Uh, we think there's a lot of groups in Dunedin who are advocating for veganism and vegetarianism. Um, a lot of groups. In fact, by talking to Michael, I gave him a list of all the groups in Dunedin. He said, God, I think, I think you've got more groups down there than Auckland. <laughs> <laughs> but um, And again, you know, University Town, that's got something to do with it, do you think? Well, a couple of the groups are university groups, yeah. and, and so that kind of accounts for that, but some of them are not. Um, so what have we got? We've got the Dunedin Body Vegan Society. Um, that was just formed at the end of last year, and but that grew out of a Dunedin Vegans group that had existed 10 years prior to that. And that was a range of all sorts of people from all ages age groups, Ranges and ethnicities and all sorts of different types of people, um, but yeah, veganism and animal rights society at the Targa University. So that's um, they've only been around two or three years. They've probably had an influence. There's the Student Animal Legal Defence Fund, which is an uh, interesting group—a bunch of law students who are also interested in animal welfare and animal rights issues. So we've got Safe Volunteers in Dunedin. They promote veganism and vegetarianism. Uh, who else have we got? Well, that's quite a handful, there, oh, Carl. Yeah, just for <laughs> a, and there's two or three others as well. But that's right. Yeah. So,
1: Carl, <clears throat> I, I suppose the next logical question is: uh, those those proportions must be pleasing, oh, but is, how yeah.
0: much of the overall population does it represent? Um, it's hard to know, and it was a relatively small sample that the nationwide survey. It was a bit under a thousand respondents. But it gives us a rough indication. Mm. Um, there's a, a, The margin of error is, I think Michael said, up 4%, maybe more. Um, but it gives us a rough indication. The survey and the results, the
1: report that's written as a consequence, it makes for interesting reading, actually, doesn't it? Yeah, and you it, did it touch on um, some of the other findings, and one of those was that 81% uh, were represented as female. Now, Again, any
0: thoughts on why that might be yeah i th- I think um I think women tend to be of course there's always exceptions you know um, women tend to be more empathic um, kind, caring, cooperative thinking of others rather than men often competitive um, There's also this um rather annoying in my opinion, bloke culture that's kind of a bit of a hangover from days gone by that's still hanging around like a bad smell, that you've, to be a real man you've got to eat lots of meat and you've got to be, go hunting and things. And I think that's just so out of date, but there's still a few people clinging to that sort of mentality. So I, I would put those two things uh, would be the main way I see it. And in that regard, uh, among the groups that, that you're aware of,
1: is, you know, is there any effort going trying to try and to change that statistic?
0: Um, it, ha- it was discussed in the report, and, and now that we're aware that it's such a big gap, we always knew there was a bit of a gap. Mm. So we are thinking about, okay, how can we address that? How can we break down that barrier with men? Obviously, women are coming on board, and that's a great thing, but how can we break down that barrier with men? I think um, positive role male role models it helps. There's a, a friend of mine, Apollo, a Samoan guy who's uh, in the New- sergeant in the New Zealand Army, and he's been vegan for a couple of years and he's become quite outspoken about it and he's got getting media coverage and I think a lot of people are saying, well, he's a really blokey bloke, but he's vegan, yeah. you know. And so, so positive male role models. I've also heard recently, and I'm not gonna name any names because at the moment it's a remember that two of the Otago Highlanders have recently become vegetarian. Right. Now not that's not quite vegan, but they're getting there. Yeah. And that's for environmental reasons and that's an interesting angle. That's a lot more people are becoming vegan for environmental reasons. The report talks about th- the three-pillar approach to yes. veganism. Um, can you break that down for us, explain that for our listeners? Sure. Most people who go vegan, um, it's for respect for animals. They, they respect animals' lives. They recognise, what well, we don't actually need to eat animal products, and we can clothe ourselves and have happy, successful lives without exploiting animals, so they choose to. The um, the other pillar is environment. There's a lot of information coming out, and I'd highly recommend anyone watch the documentary Cowspiracy. It explains it perfectly. It compares industrial agriculture to organic uh, agriculture, to vegetarianism, to veganism. And the carbon footprint and the general environmental footprint, veganism ticks all the boxes most strongly. The third pillar is, of course, health. Now, You've got to add a bit of a caveat to this. You can you can be vegan, uh, eat a vegan diet and be quite unhealthy if you do it wrong. <laughs> but all other things being equal, ditch the animal products, have a whole food, plant-based diet. There are proven health benefits to that and there are proven health problems to eating lots of animal products. Heart disease, stroke, type 2 diabetes and certain types of cancer are all strongly linked to consumption of animal products. So those three pillars, the main one, animals... Environment and then health are the three. And so are
1: any of those three pillars more strongly represented, do you know, in terms of the
0: reasons why people are, are drawn towards veganism? It seems to be um, respect for animals seems to be the main one. Although, as I say, with the Highlanders as an example, um, those those two people, um, the environmental things side of things is really emerging. Traditionally, I mean, veganism is ultimately about animals. That's that's how it originated, respect for animals and re- attempt to reduce the harm we cause to them. So that is still the main reason people are coming on board with veganism. How much
1: easier or otherwise is it to make that choice now? I mean, I'm thinking, for example, um, it's one thing to make decisions about the way that you will gather your own food and shop and all those kind of things it's another to go into town of a saturday and meet up with friends and 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 go for a bite somewhere absolutely how is
0: that looking at the moment well i i think in dunedin it's awesome and then that, and that's the, the third reason we think that dunedin's really thriving it is really easy to be vegan in dunedin um we've got Centre City New World has got an amazing, in particular, a lot of the supermarkets have got a good range, but Centre City New World in particular, that's the go to place for most Dunedin vegans. They've even got a wee aisle, a section one of the aisles with vegan specialty products. But there's also, we've got three businesses that are 100% vegan the Joyful Vegan at Otago Farmers Market. They get queues there every Saturday morning and they sell out every Saturday morning. Who else have we got? Oh, it's just a wee cafe that's just opened recently by the Fortune Theatre on Moray Place. Black Cat, 100% vegan cafe. There's also a vegan bakery. Funny enough, the name is also Black Cat. They're not related, the two businesses, but anyway, so there's 100%. Then we've got potpourri um, that are vegetarian and with vegan options. Then we've got a new business that I highly recommend everyone uh, check out, they're opposite the Rialto Cinema down a wee Side Alley, hence the name. They've got um, they're 100% vegetarian and almost all vegan, and they've got an amazing range of food. So, there are tons of options, places to go and, and to buy products. There's also Asian and Indian supermarkets. You can get all sorts of exciting things in those places. So, you've been committed to veganism for how long? I have been, did you?
1: Yeah. yeah. I've been vegan uh, a bit over six years now. Okay. Yeah. So, you will have seen significant changes in the city over that time, and in, in, in that regard, the one that we've just been t- speaking
0: of. Yes, yes. Dunedin's always been reasonably strong, but yes, I have noticed growth, especially these businesses that are 100% vegan and, and heading in that direction. That's a trend.
1: There is a connection, um, correct me if I'm wrong, between uh, many of the groups that are uh, out there that you mentioned earlier, and activism of one sort yes. or another. You yourself um you know, have hit the headlines from time to time for some of your own work. Sure. Um, so, I mean, is that a common thread as well? Uh, people who not only make the choice for themselves but want to see significant change within their own communities?
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I think the way I've often explained it before is if you put 100 vegans in a room, maybe five or six of them will be activists, animal rights activists. The rest are just what I would, like Gandhi said, be the change. They're just being the change, being vegan, doing their bit in their own way. And a few of us are trying to spread the word and encourage others to do the same. And occasionally we take that extra step beyond advocacy into activism where we're pushing to get people's attention and get them talking about the issue. Um, There are people who feel that this is an important, it's not just a lifestyle choice, it's a social justice issue. If we don't actually need to be killing animals, then why are we doing it? So um, we're pushing for change and trying to raise awareness also, um, I think the day is coming pretty soon we're going to be talking to politicians about this quite seriously. Um, we need to recognise that there's, there's an opportunity to transition to a better way of doing
1: things. I'm speaking to you today in your capacity as a representative of the Dunedin Aote
0: Vegan Society. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you do? What do you gather for? OK, well, um, I'm glad you brought that up because I actually wear two hats. I'm, I'm, I'm one of the organisers for the, for the Doves, the Dunedin Aote Vegan Society, also involved with Denine Animal Rights Collective, so yeah, I have got my dove's head on today. What we do is um, promote uh, we if somebody transitions into veganism and or they're on their way into it, or they have become vegan and they want a bit of support, advice, information, or just want to hang out with other vegans and, and sort of share food, talk. We we provide that sort of a space, um, a space for people to meet, to learn, and the plan is, uh, in the next few months, to get some resources available for people. You have a Facebook presence. Um, yeah. uh, how many members at the moment? Well, it's kind of interesting. Um, we've got a bit over 200 on our email list. We've got th- oh, well over 300 on our Facebook page. Um, but we've also got a Dunedin Vegans and Vegetarians Facebook group. And there's well over, or ne- well, nearly up to 1,200 people on that. Wow. Yeah, yeah.
1: Sticking your other hat on for a second, okay. Uh, yeah, in respect of animal rights, uh, any actions that you're uh, planning at the moment, any particular uh, uh, initiatives that you think are important uh, uh, yep. in terms of what needs to happen over the next
0: few months? Mm-hmm. And this is not directly related to veganism, but the um, yeah, Dunedin Animal Rights Collective and some of the other groups in Dunedin are joining forces Targa University have proposed to build a new animal laboratory. They've already got one in the Hercus building on Great King Street, Um, but they want to build a new one, and we're saying, well, hang on a minute, it's the 21st century, we need to be moving away from animal testing to, there are already a lot of alternatives available and new alternatives being developed. Instead of investing millions of dollars on remaining entrenched in this old paradigm, how about you spend that money on advancing away from animal testing, as other universities around the world are doing. Um, Johns Hopkins and UC Davis in the United States, or Utrecht in the Netherlands, they've got centres for alternatives with that actively. Not only is it better for animals, but it produces better scientific data for studying human illness. It's well understood that a mouse is not you know, a human, that the, the anatomy and physiology is different. We need these alternatives a, for the benefit of animals, B, for the benefit of humans. So we're in the st- early stages of constructing a campaign to oppose the university. Uh, we're working with a couple of national-level groups, SAFE in New Zealand Anti-Vivisection Society. So that's that's you'll hear about that soon.
1: We will watch this space with interest. <laughs> um, just finally, Carl, uh, the survey that we've been talking about does make for interesting reading. Can people find that online?
0: That's right. Um yeah, it is available to download online, and what would you look for? I think you'd do a Google search for Vegan Survey New Zealand 2016. You might pop it up or link up on your uh, your Facebook page I'll for that. I'll try and remember to do that well, later. i do yes. need in uh, <laughs> Vegan
1: Society. Right. Uh, thanks for joining us, Carl. Most interesting discussion. Uh, it will be interesting, perhaps, um, to talk again, perhaps, when another survey is done, just to see right. how the trends are going. Right. Thanks for joining us this morning on the Awesome Morning Show.
0: This programme was first broadcast on Otago Access Radio and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.